is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We're here to help you win the ultimate bragging rights, a fantasy title. Let's go! Now, here's Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, welcome to today's show. Heath is back. Heath, uh, what the hell? We missed you yesterday. Yeah, it was uh, it was Labor Day, and yes. I was not here. <laughs> I, I did not labor. Good, good for you. Good Actually, for you. I, I did, but just not here. Well, I am Adam Azer. That is Heath Cummings. Hi, Dave Richard. Hi, Jamie Eisenberg. Good day, sir. What's up, bro? Everybody have a Are good... Are you uh, online or in line? Oh, yeah, I saw that. I guess I should have said I waited in line for 45 minutes instead of you online. Got, you got beat up a little bit for that one. By one guy. No, a couple. I only saw one. Most people understood what I was saying. I feel fine. You guys ready for some football tonight? Of course. Uh, you're confused. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe you call it soccer here. Big, um, big European football game tonight. U.S. I think Honduras. I don't know. Somebody. Who's excited? Is it a must win? Yes, it is. It's a World Cup qualifier. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Hey, fantasy football is back. FanDuel is back. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com. Click the Join Now button and use our code CBSPOD. New users get free entry into the NFL Sunday Million with over $1 million in cash prizes when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. Void where prohibited. All right, you're running out of time. Go to FanDuel.com and use that promo code CBSPOD. Such a big soccer game tonight, I didn't even remember who they were playing, but I will be watching. So we're going to do a bit of a hybrid show today. Draft prep for people who are still drafting, but but also focusing on week one. And that brings us to our first segment. And it is a favorite late round picks slash lottery tickets segment. And I think, you know, this is good today because these guys will be available on your waiver wire in a lot of leagues. Or if you're drafting, they are people to put on your radar uh, late, late, late. So, like, Wendell Smallwood is somebody that's in Jamie's waiver wire column. If you need a week one running back, they start with the Redskins who... Gave up, I think, like 4.5 or more yards per carry last year. They had a pretty bad run defense after having a great one two seasons ago, so who knows. But uh, who are some late-round flyers slash guys who might be available on the waiver wire that could have big seasons people should pick up right now before it's too late? Um, two of my favorites are Matt Breida with his role now and Cooper Cup, who I've taken a lot, a lot, a lot. Matt Breida, with his role now, what what do you expect that role to be for the 49ers? Well, I'd, I mean, I, I think if you're an extreme optimist, he could be Tevin Coleman. And if you're even an extremer optimist, uh, if Carlos Hyde gets hurt, he could be the guy there. So I think just given the fact that uh, Tim Hightower's gone, Joe Williams on IR, the, the, the role is his. Cool. And there's really not anybody else. There's Raheem Mostert or Mostert. Mostert. There, there's Kyle Kyle, uh, Yuschek. Yeah. We should have Herc come in here and pronounce his last name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kyle Yuschek is, uh. You gonna go get him? He may be their second best running back in PPR. Are we getting Herc to do some mispronunciations? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want him to see. He's gonna be here. Alright, good. Cause Herc, if you don't know, Michael Herkham, he works, uh, at the company. He used to be on the fantasy staff and he used to come on the podcast every now and then. And the guy just, he butchers every last name. It's, it's very strange. So we'll get that. So who would you guys rather own? Yeah, uh, hold on. Alright. The name of the 49ers fullback is who? Uh, Kyle, uh, Jesensic? <laughs> very nice. Excellent. Thank you. Oh yeah. Herc Love. 
Oh man, is that it? What the best it part about we? So just a little behind the scenes thing. So they've moved us into our own podcast studio, and the best thing about it is that Herc sits right outside the studio. So whenever we need him for anything, we can just go tap on his shoulder, and he'll be right here on the air. That was absolutely you perfect. What? He'll bill us later. Oh great, great, thank Hercules. you, Herc. What a what a nice guy. Uh Matt Breida or Wendell Smallwood, who's a better late round flyer slash waiver wire pickup? Smallwood owned in, in just twenty eight percent of leagues and Breida like four percent or something. It's a smallwood after all. Yes. I would rather enjoy a nice burita. Nah, really? No, you wouldn't. Really? Yeah. Smallwood has a better chance to play right away and be impactful right away. I don't trust the Eagles run. I trust the Eagles offensive line. What I love I about too. Wendell Smallwood like is that I don't, I don't trust the Eagles run game right now. Cause I don't know exactly who's going to do what. Right. So he, he, I feel like he is, has a better chance. And, and Doug Peterson said as much. We don't have a lead running back right now. Yeah. Well, I think we all probably feel like Smallwood's better than LeGarrette Blunt at this point, right? I mean, Blunt may be spent. Right. So, all right. I feel like that Smallwood is the backup to two players. No, he's a backup to one player. Darren Sproles is Darren Sproles. Whether Blunt is there or not. Right, but if Sproles is out and they want to split the workload, like, Smallwood's going to need an injury in front of him. I don't Breed think so. going to get a decent amount of playing time. I, I don't, I, I would say the exact opposite. I think Breed is going to play, but there is a great chance of Smallwood playing even when LeGarrette Blunt is healthy and being better than LeGarrette Blunt. So there is much more upside right now for LeGarrette Blunt than there is for Breida if everybody's healthy. If there's an injury, clearly Breida has a chance to be special, but in terms of playing right away, being impactful right away, no injury regarded, uh, Smallwood would be the better of two. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking into the future and I mean, I'm just trying to help Jamie out. It's, I just get you a head start. You're going to lead your waiver wire column with Wendell Smallwood next week. Or well, at least he's already in the first one. I know, so. but, but he's going to be the lead. And he's so, gonna, yeah, there's a chance that like he gets 15 carries this week and, and all of a sudden he's a starter. Yeah. Could, to- could totally see it happen. Yeah. All right, we'll see. Um, I like Dante Moncrief late, 77% owned. Definitely not going to be using him without Andrew Luck, but, uh, you know, I, I think he's been going so late. I've been talking about that. And then I struggled with this one on draft day, uh, like two weeks ago. It was Smallwood versus Rex Burkhead. And Burkhead's 39% owned, Smallwood now 28% owned. Uh, who would you guys prefer, Rex Burkhead or Smallwood? This is a tough one for me because I have this dilemma in a few leagues where I drafted one over the other. I think there's a higher ceiling for Smallwood, but Burkhead is very intriguing just given the situation with New England and how they are. When would you ever feel comfortable starting Rex Burkhead? If they come out week one and he's the guy over Mike Elsley? Right, Do you right. really think it's going to stay that way? No, but it, again, if he comes out and has – if if they use him as – or in some capacity as the guy or in a shared situation as the guy in short yard situations, especially at the goal line with Gilsley, mm-hmm. that's clearly going to be a boost for his value. If he's running on first and second down, that clearly shows how they feel about him. And most importantly, I think, just given what we talked about, with Julian Edelman being out, he can play in the slot. They tried to do that with him in Cincinnati. He's certainly skilled enough to probably split out wide several times throughout the course of a game. And so he could fill a variety of roles for them. So the the only reason that I would uh, consider Smallwood over him is because of the uncertainty. But he could step into that role right away. As Belichick said, Gillisley's still behind. And we know what the investment that they made. They put money toward both those guys. It's clearly because they think Burkett has a skill set. And I think bringing back Brandon Bolden. I was about to bring that up. Is, is a, a, a good thing for him because it shows that they may not have to play him on special teams. Mm. 
Oh, Burkhead wouldn't have to play on special teams, right? Will not have to play on special teams. Right, with, with Bolden back. He, he yeah. still might, but this speaks to them not having to use him there. Mm-hmm. All right, so any other names you guys want to throw out uh, with in terms of late-round picks or waiver-wire fodder right now? I'll throw Robbie Anderson out there because I know he is available on a lot of – just on the waiver-wire, and he's available late, late, late in a lot of drafts that don't include me. Um, <laughs> he's, he's available in 67% of CBS leagues. And I just – I don't mm. think you can overestimate how many targets he has coming on a team that's probably going to – Struggle to win more than two games. They can't. I don't think probably. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> going to throw the ball 550 times, and their second best receiver is probably Austin Safarian Jenkins, mm-hmm. who's suspended. And he's suspended the first two weeks. <laughs> Aren't you scared about the types of targets he's going to get? A, a the little bit. But, there, like Josh McCown, is their best quarterback. Think about that as a statement. If I had to draft him in the in the tenth round as a number three receiver, then I would be. Right, but. You can take him at the very end of the draft. And, and I think and, he's probably a flex week one. I, and I think just looking at it last year, as bad as Marshall was, he was a top 30 receiver. So that's the floor. Yeah. And I mean, look, everybody we're going to, everybody we're going to mention in this segment is going to have question marks. That's, there's, oh, no they're, doubt. they're all cuttable. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is the best part about this. Right. Yeah. Uh, another one, same situation, especially if Jordan Matthews is hurt, is Zay Jones. Because I think you're going to see those two guys jockey to be the number one receiver there anyway, when everybody's healthy. But Jones has a great, you know, uh, at least one great season in college, East Carolina, over 100 catches. Over and, 150 catches. And, uh, Ridiculous. And what? Again, you know, I, I've said this a couple times. He's the one that has the best rapport with Tyrod Taylor because he's the only one that spent the offseason with him. So if Matthews, who still hasn't been cleared from this chest injury, gets off to a slow start or struggles or, you know, has to miss any time, then Zay Jones, I think, is somebody in the same conversation as Robbie Anderson, just going to soak up targets and probably in a better quarterback. Do you think Chris Carson has Wendell Smallwood appeal, or or is it a tougher path? Well, it's definitely a tougher path. Does it, he have it's Matt a tougher Brita? path and a worse line? I'm I'm not sure Seattle can run the ball. Does he have Matt Breida appeal? Chris Carson, fifteen percent owned. They're in that same range. I'd rather have Breida. Yeah, it's a tougher path than Breida too. Like he, he needs I am expecting in Rawls and Lacey to kind of share the load in Week One. But yeah. if either of them get hurt, Carson's still behind whoever doesn't get hurt and Procise. So but he he's the one though. Okay, could, probably similar to Procise, but I think maybe just a little bit better running the ball. He could do everything. Right. That's what I was going to say. He's like Smallwood in that he's a backup for everybody in front of him. But they're not going to rush to put him on the field. He wasn't that amazing. I'm not the- really basing this on much. It's it's kind of a hunch, but I thought Chris Carson looked pretty good for the Seahawks great. in the pre. Yeah, and look, Lacey didn't, and Rawls is so injury prone. Maybe Chris Carson is someone that's just like a real shock and a big time fantasy winner by midseason and Totally agree. Yeah, like okay. it, it's possible. But the problem with that, Adam, is Absol- if you yeah. if you put him on your team now, how long is he gonna stay there? I know. I, I totally get it. I, I think it depends on you take a shot now, see what happens. If you have to cut him, you have to cut him. Maybe you have deep benches. I, I don't dislike that idea as long as all these other guys we've talked about are owned. He's at the bottom. Yep. Fair enough. Okay. Um, I would also say uh, I'm trying to blank on his name for a second. Sorry. Um, what was I thinking? No, no, I got a guy. If you don't, you know who my guy is. Well, let's play name that player. Yeah, let's do name that player. (laughs) Give us some some (laughs) weird hints. (laughs) Sorry. What position does he play, Jamie? Um, he's a punter. He's a punter. Okay, Andy Lee. Yes. Love it. I would have gotten that. Um, Kenny Galladay in Detroit, I think, could end up having a pretty fun role for them. 
Remember, they lost Anquan Bolden in eight touchdowns out the window last year. This is a red zone threat for them. And I was impressed with him in the preseason. I know training camp, he was very, very good. And uh, I don't think Marvin Jones is that great of a receiver. So this is a guy that I don't mind putting on my bench and seeing how the first few weeks shake out. And the Lions have thrown the ball almost 600 times or more. And at least the, the, the number is 590. They've thrown the ball at least 590 times each of the last six seasons. Ooh. I drafted last night in a tight end 1.5 PPR league, which there's a few more of those now. It's kind of an equalizer for the tight end position. And there's a couple of guys in that format that should have a good opportunity for a lot of targets that you wouldn't be excited about otherwise because you, you are in this type of league, you may flex two tight ends because they just score that much. Zach Miller and Ben Watson. Okay. And Jamie points out in his waiver wire column, if Odell Beckham Jr. does not play in week one, Evan Ingram will have an opportunity for the Giants. Great <clears throat> so matchup. Take a look there yep. against the Cowboys. All right. Uh, that, thank you guys. So that's good stuff. Some late round picks and waiver wire guys that you might want to get on your roster right now. If you have some dead weight on your team, someone you don't need, you know, take a look and maybe make a swap. News and notes for you. The Buccaneers-Dolphins game scheduled to be played in Miami may be moved to a different day or possibly a different city due to Hurricane Irma. And, well, first of all, the best case scenario would be that this stupid hurricane goes up the Atlantic and misses Florida and the United States. But uh, I would not, not, you know, from a football standpoint, it would be kind of cool to get a Friday night game. That would be fun. So um, we'll see. That's a possibility. But I would say well, I think they're supposed to be having a meeting today, and they have to decide today one way or the other. And the way things look right now, I can't imagine they're not going to move it. All right, but but we definitely expect it to get played, right? Uh, it will get played. Whether it gets played this week, I think still up in the air. But yeah, this week be, I meant because they have the same bye week. But right, but they depending don't on how the weather goes, they could always move it to Monday too. Could do that. Yeah, that would give us three Monday night games. Uh, Andrew Luck will not play in week one. We talked about that yesterday. Not a surprise. Same game. Aaron Donald has not reported for practice yet for the Rams. And he might not be able to play in week one. Would that matter to you when it comes to the Rams DST in this matchup? No. Uh, not with no. who they're playing. No, it, it would make me slightly less scared of playing Frank Gore. A quick... Look at the waiver wire. Like Jamie's got the Rams as uh, one of the best to pick up this week, just based on ownership. They're only thirty six percent owned, which surprised me. Mm-hmm. With with Wade Phillips coming to town, great defensive coordinator, and the and the Colts in Week One without Andrew Luck. So they're, they're one of the ones that extend beyond streaming. Yeah. yeah, right. They got the Colts, and they have Washington, and then they are at San Francisco. Three two great matchups in their first three weeks. Uh, Odell Beckham's still not practicing. He was on a bike yesterday off the, to the side of the field, so we don't know at Dallas on Sunday night. Demarius Thomas should play this week. Denver's defensive line, Der, uh, Derek Wolf and Jared Crick are expected to play. They're two ends. I saw, Jamie, you added Justin Simmons, who is now starting safety for the Broncos in IDP. Yeah, he replaced uh, TJ Ward. So, um, you know, somebody that has some upside for sure. And, uh you know, going to get a chance to make a lot of plays in the back end of that secondary. He is Justin Simmons for the Broncos, second year. There, there's two guys, Simmons and uh, I forget his first name, but I think it's Toomer. Corey Chargers, Toomer. For the Chargers yep. uh, with Denzel Perryman out. So if you're looking for some guys that could be available uh, on your IDP waiver wire, those are two just based on injury slash moves that could help you. And you could name your team. It's not a Toomer. 
<laughs> you could do that. Uh, do you guys care about starting middle linebackers on good defenses? Yes. Sure. All right, because, you know, I'm sorry to be a homer, but B.J. Goodson is his name, and he will be the starting middle linebacker yep. for the Giants. Yes, he will. Yeah. Uh, 7% owned. And let's see. DeAndre Hopkins says he'll be ready for week one despite a thumb issue. Tyrod Taylor looks iffy for this week's game. That would put Nathan Peterman at starting quarterback for the Bills. They have the Jets. Do anybody care about the Jets DST? No. That's saying something about the Jets DST. I would be a little wary of Sebastian Janikowski if he's on your team. First of all, he might get cut. Secondly, he's got a back injury. He might not even be able to play in week one uh, for the Raiders. And Kansas City, they might use three running backs in week one. It's Thursday night, two nights from now. Kareem Hunter, Kendrick West, and C.J. Spiller. Their offensive coordinator saying all three guys are going to play. What do you make of that? I think all three guys will play. I think Kareem Hunt will get the lion's share of the work. Fair enough. And Dwayne Brown, Houston's left tackle, says he will definitely play this season, but he did not specify when. And I hate that. Get back out there, Dwayne Brown. What is this a big deal, you think, for Hopkins and Miller? Well, you never want to see a team beginning the season with its backup left tackle, and in the case of Houston, it might be a rookie. I think Brown definitely helps protect the quarterback's blind side and can help with the run game and only makes sense for him to be out there. But he's got a bone to pick with with the team over his contract, and I guess you have to respect that. Mm-hmm. Heath, have you seen these uh, Azer trades that have been proposed to us in the Rejects League? Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. It's one of the worst parts about owning a team with you because, like, if I was them, I would send you these types of trades as well. But it's kind of annoying to get the emails. I mean, these are just te- these are such insulting trades. I feel like this is kind of payback for the emails you get from our YOLO league, and I've decided that I'm not going to stop those because of that. <laughs> the latest one was we give up Lamar Miller and A.J. Green for Kareem Hunt, da- Devontae Parker, and Dante Moncrief. Yeah. Not bad. It's pretty bad. Pretty bad. I'd rather have Kareem Hunt. Who? Hunt. Who and Moncrief? Parker and Moncrief, Devontae Parker for Lamar Miller and A.J. Green. Yeah, that's not so good. That's, that's not, not so good. good. No. And, that, and that's the best one. That's luck. not an Azer trade. That, that's just, uh, I'm going to annoy you trade. Alright, here's, here's an, here's an Azer trade. Definition of an Azer trade. Here's an Azer trade. Uh, Eric Ebron, Mike Wallace, and Matt Forte to us. We get Ebron, Mike Wallace, and Matt Forte. That's great. For Jimmy Graham and Lamar Miller. Yeah, but that's a Heath trade. But I know that. <laughs> that's not an Azer trade. That's a Heath trade. Heath yeah. is probably considering that one. And the comments. You know, you're allowed to make a little comment with the trade. It says, Mike Wallace, dot, 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 amazing talent. <laughs> I just picked up BJ Goodson on your recommendation. There you go. All right. Thank you, Heath. I appreciate that. Uh, I, that's something that nice that Heath just did. I did something very nice this morning, even nicer than that. I didn't do it for Dave or for Jamie or for Heath. I'm not that nice, but I did something nice for my wife. I bought her flowers, and I did that on proflowers.com. And I'm not lying. I, I swear I did this this morning, and I saved 20% with the promo code FFT. So if you feel like being nice, send someone flowers. Use proflowers.com and our code FFT at checkout. Very, very easy to use. I can tell you that now. Um, if you go to proflowers.com, you're going to see a lot of really nice options. Roses, lilies, orchids. I'm not going to get into all the flowers. I don't know the flowers that well, but they're very nice. Great selection. And there's never a bad time to surprise someone with a gift like this. And on proflowers.com, you can send a little card as well. And I got my wife an I'm sorry card, and I wrote, I'm sorry for making you watch so much baseball and football. 
So I will have some fun with it now. And it will be here tomorrow. You can pick your delivery date. They're guaranteed to stay fresh for a week. And this is a really cool website. And you can get 20% off Summer Roses or any other bouquet of $29 or more at proflowers.com with our offer code FFT at checkout. Proflowers.com. The code is FFT. Don't wait to make someone's day. I did want to talk a little bit about offensive lines as we looked at the Texans' offensive line, which kind of broke Lamar Miller last year. What are some make-or-break offensive lines that you guys uh, are are keeping an eye on this year? Oh, the Dolphins are the number one for me. Yep. That's a good one. That's simply because of their uh, their center. Right. Pouncy in, everything good. Pouncy out. <laughs> I would throw the Browns into that because really Isaiah Crowell is in kind of a bad situation being on a team that he, that is as bad as the Browns are. Same, same with the Bears. But the line's yeah. good enough, and the Bears, same thing. The line's good enough, it makes up for it. If the line goes bad, those two guys could be awful. Mm-hmm. I think you can make a case for the Chargers and Rams to both be offensive lines to monitor this mm-hmm. year. Uh, we both have Gordon and Gurley ranked very high. The Chargers tried to go ahead and improve that line with the drafting of Forrest Lamp. They loved Lamp. They broke Lamp. He's not going to play. And the the Rams added Andrew Whitworth at left tackle. Didn't really do a whole lot else. And they've been mixing or matching their lines uh, throughout the preseason. Interesting fun fact. I went back and watched their third preseason game. Their second string offensive line did a better job than their first string offensive line. But probably against backups, right? No. Oh, no? Actually not, no. Okay. But uh, you deserve a lot of credit for that. They like Lamp. They broke Lamp. I think that was very good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Jamie briefly mentioned the Vikings, and we talked about it. We had a, a Vikings reporter on our show on Saturday who said that it, the pass, the run defense, the run blocking, excuse me, will be better than the pass blocking, and the run blocking could be above average this year, which would be nice. That would be nice for, for Dalvin Cook. I wish we could say the same thing in Jacksonville. I hope it ends up being that way, but that's a, that's a team that's starting a rookie at left tackle. Uh, they're left, they're both their guard spots are really unsettled. Their left guard spot especially. They move, move their center to guard. Is that official or they're just trying it? I don't know. I don't know if it's official or not. I'd have to look and see, but for, for the sake of Leonard Fournette, who again, referencing what we heard on the radio show on Saturday, Adam could have 300 touches according to Mike Dempsey. That line needs to be as good as it can be to help Fournette out because the passing game is not going to hold its uh, its fair weight. And I'll throw in the, the Giants because if they could just not be one of the three worst lines in football, Paul, Paul Perkins is a huge value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not going to happen. I, 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 just, <laughs> give you, oh. just, just be bad. Not going to happen. <laughs> can you just be bad, don't, please? Don't be awful. Fair. I don't think they'll be as bad as we're making it out to be. I oh. think they'll be okay. I hope you're right. Giants offensive the line? Giants offensive line. I, unless, that could be the look, worst one in the NFL. Yeah, that could be really bad. I really, I don't think it'll be the worst, but if they, I'm, like every line, like their depth stinks. If they lose even a single starter, they're in big trouble. I'll tell you something that I feel good about. Should we have some feel good stories? Yeah. Yeah, please. Denver? Yes. I thought they did a really nice job improving its offensive line. I totally agree. It's a big reason why I think CJ Anderson, if he's healthy, could be a top five running back this year. Uh, Tampa Bay? Their line looked good this preseason. I think that they definitely took a step forward. And New Orleans, they didn't really play all their starters at the same time, but Teron Armstead at left tackle is on his way back. Yeah, he went on the pub, which back. was great. Or the, yeah, uh, they didn't put him on the pub, so he should be closer yep. to playing. And that should be a pretty big strength for that team. I may have missed it. I'm sorry. Did we mention the Rams? Yep. Yes. yes. Okay. Yep. And, and where are you? I mentioned the Rams and the Chargers together. 
Oh, right, right, right. So, so where are you on that? Because they certainly made some improvements. And, and I think this is such an important segment because Alex Mack was one of the biggest fantasy game changers last year going to the Falcons. Can't give him all the credit, but their line got so much better and they had so many fantasy standouts. They had the MVP of the league. They had Julio Jones. They had Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. So it could really make a big difference. And the Rams really tried to upgrade and, and it's going to be better. Their offensive line was so bad last year. So how optimistic are you about the, the Rams right now? I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of. They added one guy. They, they added two guys. They added two. They had Whitworth and John Sullivan, two veterans. And Sammy Watkins makes offensive lines better. Yeah, he's when a, he's on the field. Sure. <laughs> he's, a, he's a great blocker. He he makes offensive lines better because they can't send as many people at them. Fair enough. Uh, all right. So as I mentioned, this will be a hybrid between week one and draft prep. And this stuff just kind of interesting. So a little ADP review, risers and fallers. Mostly uh, mostly risers, I think. But we start with a faller. Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry has been a top 16 wide receiver. Two straight years in standard. Top 14 wide receiver. Two straight years in PPR. That is with four touchdowns each year. Yet he's going now as the 27, 27th wide receiver off the board. 65th overall. Down six overall spots. You guys have Landry about 30th. Is the quarterback change really that big of a difference where a top 15 wide receiver is now all of a sudden a, the 30th or so wide receiver, Jarvis Landry? Well, it's based on the tendency, Adam. I know, but he, it's not like he's disappearing, and he only caught four touchdowns each of the last two years. You know, I I don't know. But it's the wait, ca- it's the wait, targets. Wait, no, no, that's not what Adam says about touchdowns. You're supposed to say he just doesn't catch touchdowns. He might not, but I'm saying like it's not like he performs so well with Tannehill. He, he averages like ten yards per catch and four touchdowns a year. Is he really going to get that much worse with color? Yes, the targets are going down, and that's the problem. Because the targets went down when they focused on Ajayi. That's what they want to do. If they have to throw the ball, Cutler's going to throw it more to Parker and Stills than Tannehill did and less to Landry. I I understand that. I just thought it was, you know, I thought it was a pretty drastic drop. But, all right. He doesn't have that much upside either. So I think that's the problem with Landry. Uh, all right, here's an interesting one. I know, Dave, you, lo- you really like drafting Doug Martin. <clears throat> He's up four spots to 78th overall in drafts and RB27. He's still going 14 picks after Bilal Powell and Amir Abdullah, six picks after Mike Gillisley. This is Doug Martin, who's suspended for the first three games. And when he comes back, he faces the Giants, the Patriots, the Cardinals in his first three games. Schedule gets certainly better after that. Uh, he averaged 2.9 yards per carry last year. I I don't want to just completely forget about how bad Doug Martin was last season. So... I don't know. Dave, you haven't been hesitant to uh, to draft Martin. Nope. None of us have, I, I don't think. I, I think he's the number two running back. I, he just passed the eyeball test for me this preseason. He looked good running. His offensive line looked good running. And more importantly, the the guys behind him in Tampa Bay didn't look great. I don't think that uh, Jacquez Rogers looked that great. Charles Simpson looked that great. They put McNichols on the practice squad, I believe. No, he was signed to somebody else's. San Francisco. Practice. San Francisco. Oh, okay. So yeah, he's on somebody He's they just let him out and out go. Yeah. I, I think Doug Martin's going to get a big workload. It's the type of workload that we want from a fantasy running back where he's playing 15 touches a game and working the goal line. I think that's Tampa Bay's best bet. We all, I think we all agree that Tampa Bay's offense takes the next step this year. Yeah. Some of us might say, we don't all agree. <laughs> some of us might say a full step. Others might say a quarter of a step. 
Some of he, us might say that they're going to take a step forward and then throw it to the other team. Okay. <laughs> so you, do you think, Heath, are you saying that the Bucks are going to take a step back this year? No, I think that they're are very the similar. Okay. So maybe no steps and I, for Heath. Like Martin, he's not stuck. I like Doug Martin's talent a lot. I feel like he has one of the widest ranges of possible outcomes of any running back. Cause I could, I legit see he's a top 10 running back from week four on. Mm-hmm. I could also see a situation where he comes back and it's a three-headed monster in Tampa Bay. I don't see that. I, I will say this. I, 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 I lean more toward Dave with this on, on Martin and the Bucks. The, the thing I think that's encouraging about it is, uh, he's in the place where he's been the most successful, which is in shape, which is motivated and something to prove. And that was his rookie year and yep. that was his contract year. That's true. I also agree that he's going to be better with than, Jock was Rogers, but I will disagree with you on Charles Sims because they didn't have a healthy Charles Sims last year, and it's great. And, and this isn't really so much a knock on Martin because when Sims was at his best, Martin was at his best, and it was the 2015 season when he was playing for that contract. And you sure and you and you saw that he was uh, um, still capable of doing everything they needed to do, which getting uh, was a thousand total yards, right? Out of Sims, was he 500, 500? He might have been close to that. 500 rushing, 500 receiving. Yeah. And, and so you could still get great production from from that uh, position. So, um, I, I think if you, if you go in and you try and be aggressive with Martin, but not too aggressive, like you can still draft him as your third running back and, and be in great shape. But I think if you overvalue him a little bit, because you got to bake in those three games plus the fact that he hasn't exactly been the picture of health. So there could be a missed game or two True. along the way as well. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was 1,090 total yards on just 158 touches. Ooh, nice. Uh, another riser, so Martin is running back 27. Running back 28 is Rob Kelly. He's up nine spots. Yeah. He's going after Martin ahead of Terrence West and Danny Woodhead. I'm, I'm assuming not Woodhead and PPR. Uh, Rob Kelly's going ahead of Paul Perkins, Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore. And did not exactly finish strong last year. He had one game with more than 63 rushing yards in like his last five or six or something. Uh, I think six. But, but he won the battle. He's the guy. And uh, running back 28. So who would you rather have, Rob Kelly or Doug Martin? I'll take Kelly. Martin. I, I like Martin's upside a little bit better, but they're they're very close. If it was 16 games for both, it would be Martin. And, and I think Martin. it probably depends. Like I may lean Kelly because I get to that spot in the draft needing a second running back more often. If it's my third running back, I can understand taking Martin. If it's a second, I think you have to take Kelly. And the biggest thing for me, because I expected Rob Kelly to win this job out of training camp all along, but I thought it might be close and P. Ryan overtakes him early in the season. They, I, it's not close right now. They're, they're, well, I, I think the one thing, though, is they're kind of in similar situations to, to varying degrees because they both have a third down back that's going to take away from them. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thompson, Thompson and Sims, they're, they're, they're very similar type of players. Uh, the one thing, though, I think is if Martin struggles – I don't know if they just throw Jacquez Rogers in there and it's his job. Right. If Kelly struggles, and it's going to take probably a two-game or three-game stretch of him struggling, they will throw Pirine in there. If because if they made an investment some, some improvement huh? in pass blocking. If he's shown some improvement in pass blocking. Well, he doesn't have to necessarily play on passing downs. He could be first yeah. and second down, and then you know when they're in obvious passing situations, it's it's clearly going to be Chris Thompson. So I think that's kind of where I lean on, on that as well. But I I don't necessarily agree with what you said also about Rogers. He's going to have a very good opportunity the first two weeks. So while he may have looked terrible, he had three games last year with double digits of carries. He's going to have three games with double digits of carries again, and two of those are against great, great, great matchups. So go get him if he's available. I was shocked to see him 66% owned. 
He should be 90% open. Oh, he's a start, this, I'm, week. He's I'm, a start this week. I'm more concerned about what happens to him when Martin comes back. Oh, uh, he goes to the bench without, yeah. without, without a doubt. Right. But that's he's, all that he's in the first three games, and one is against Miami, one's against Chicago. Whenever they play that Dolphins game, he's going to run through that defense, which is still a mess right now. Mm-hmm. All righty. Uh, Pierre Garçon is up seven spots. He's now 99th overall. Pierre Garçon is the 37th wide receiver off the board. He's behind Devontae Parker, Sammy Watkins, and Chris Hogan. Garcon is now going ahead of Deshaun Jackson and the Baltimore wide receivers. Uh, 99th overall, wide receiver 37 for Pierre Garcon. This one, for me, depends so much on what the format is. In standard, I, I think that's probably about right. In PPR, that's, that's way too low. I, I think you look at it, the way I approach it is, he'll be probably about the same in standard leagues. He'll be 1,000 yards. He'll be four to five touchdowns. Because even his best year, which was 2013 with Kyle Shanahan when RG3 was at his peak, it was four touchdowns, five touchdowns. I mean, he's just not a big touchdown guy. He's not a big red zone threat. Maybe he was when he was a Peyton Manning, but not anymore. And so this this team is not going to score a lot of no passing touchdowns. You know, they're not going to score 35-plus passing touchdowns. You know, they may be 25 touchdowns. And so I, I think if you approach him the right way, where he could be like what you've thought of Jarvis Landry the last couple of years, what maybe, you know, we think of uh, Stephon Diggs. Larry Fitzgerald. Um, Larry Fitzgerald. No, I don't know if he'll score that many touchdowns. I mean, Fitzgerald's been six or seven touchdowns. That's, I, I think, would be a high ceiling for, that'd be like a ceiling, you know, on the third floor with vaunted, you know, vaulted ceilings? Vaunted ceiling? Vaulted, 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 yeah. Um, so, he's, uh, he's much better in PPR, where he could be 90 plus catches. You know, we, uh, our, our boss here at, at CBS Interactive, uh, is a huge 49ers fan, uh, Jim Lanzone. We've had a lot of discussions because he mm-hmm. doesn't think Pierre Garçon's that good. Um, and I keep telling him, he may not be that good, but in this offense, he's gonna probably be 90 plus catches. And, yep. and that's what his benefit is, is, is certainly in PPR more so than standard. Mm. Just had a Google image vaulted ceilings. Those are very nice. I would love yeah. to have them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Beautiful. Uh, last one guys. James White. James White is up nine spots, 105th overall. Wide receiver 39. He is going ahead of Darren Sproles and Theo Riddick. Obviously, I'm gonna group those guys because they're, they're PPR specialists. James White, Darren Sproles and Theo Riddick. White caught 60 balls last year for 551 receiving yards and five touchdowns. He had just 39 carries, and he was the number 26 running back in PPR last year, but he played 16 games, so it's really not that good. Uh, nine touchdowns over 30 games in his last two years, and I think they're all receiving. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, Is White going to get more than two or three carries a game, do you think? No. Yeah, I'm not interested in those types of players if he's not going to get any run. In PPR, I think he's in the, this is about where he should go. Yep. And his his numbers could surprise us by the end of the year. He could end up getting a few more than two or three carries a game. But it really depends on how he does in the early portion of the season and if he even gets that opportunity. Because let's face it, the Patriots have Gillisley and Burkhead, who are better first and second down runners than James White. Where he would get his carries would be in the two-minute offense when they run a draw play or – if they're just no huddling against the defense and they're trying to tire out a defense and White happens to be the running back on the field at that time. But I, I think he gets a bump in targets with Edelman out. I think he makes sense as a short area receiver for Tom Brady and a guy that they can line up not just out of the backfield but in the slot, out wide, and uh, use him to his strengths. Wouldn't surprise me at all if he had 70 catches this year. So, fellas, rank— I say that out loud. Rank James White— well, he had 60 last year, you know. Right. Uh, oh, he hits well within reach. James White, Darren Sproles, Theoretic. That's how they're going in, in drafts right now. James White, Darren Sproles, Theoretic. 
Uh, White Sproles Riddick. I don't like Riddick. I White be- Riddick Sproles. I believe I have all three of them back to back to back in my rankings. Look at that. And I would go Sproles White Riddick. Sproles White Riddick. Okay. But they, but they are almost indistinguishable. You know, we're going to get a lot of listener interaction on today's show. Got some emails to read. Fantasy football at CBSI.com. And did I mention it's team name Tuesday? Did I mention that? I'm expecting this to be the best team name Tuesday ever. Because you saw how many entries we got. I just, there, I, I just think maybe you've got a lot of good material to choose from this week. I will tell you two things. Uh, we did get more team name Tuesday submissions than, than ever before. Uh, actually, maybe three things. That's number one. Number two, many of them I can't use, especially the name of the kicker that everybody's using right now. Just can't do it. You and, mean Young Hoku? Yes. We can say his name. It's okay. I, I could have. his name. I drafted Young Hoku last night in my draft. Yeah, I, I, I can't, unfortunately, use a lot of the Young Hoku team names. And uh, three, that's two things I've told you. Number three, uh, this is absolutely terrible round of Team Name Tuesday. I look forward to these being uncomfortably bad later on in the show. So get excited for that. And get excited for FanDuel. Love me some FanDuel. Fantasy football is back and the wait is nearly over. Contests start at just $1. There are contests for everyone out there. Personally, I like the 50-50s. You enter a contest, say maybe 100 people, 50 of them win money. Or you can enter contests with like thousands of people and win a lot of money. So you do whatever you want on FanDuel.com. You get a fake budget. And every player has a dollar value, and you make a lineup, and that's all it is. And it's really fun, and it's really interesting, and you don't have to worry about, oh, I got three players who are injured. I got four players on bye this week. You never have to worry about that. FanDuel, new contests every week, new teams every single week, as many as you like. It just gets more and more exciting as the season goes on. I'm not saying I like FanDuel more than seasonal. I love them both. But I think I get more into my FanDuel lineups on Sundays than I do my seasonal leagues. I don't know. There's like an ownership uh, component of it that is is so unique. Over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. So join that group right now. Join FanDuel.com and use our code CBSPOD. Get free entry into the NFL Sunday Million when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. Again, go to FanDuel.com and sign up with the promo code CBSPOD. FanDuel.com. Promo code is CBSPOD. Void where prohibited. Email of the day. It's from George in a small town in Northern California, Dave. Let's go with uh, San Jose. Dearest Adam, you know Dave. the way. Wait, huh? What? I don't think San Jose is a small town. It is compared to New York. Having seen this email already, it may be Jerksville. Why? He's 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 just curious. <laughs> Something negative. <laughs> I think it's an interesting question. Okay. Should I not read it, Heath? No, no. Go ahead. Dearest Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath, why is Heath so low on Dalvin Cook that he didn't even make his week one running back rankings? The public needs an explanation. Yeah, well, the explanation is that this was the very first week of rankings, and so we have to re-add everyone. And there just was the, just the rookies. There, yes, the rookies. And there was a rookie that was left out of my rankings until approximately 8 a.m. this morning. Ah. So eight hours overnight. I, I apologize <laughs> for that, George. And uh I think you know, instead of saying Jerksville, you should actually. Thank him. Yeah. Thank you, George, for for pointing out um, 
something clearly that you would like to have corrected. I would, <laughs> I would assume. I, I think this is one of the coolest things about like our, our people who read our site, our listeners is they, they, I think genuinely care about stuff like this. Like, I don't think he's being a jerk. Like, why are you doing it? Like, it's more like, Hey, you missed it. No. Well, I mean, he did say, why is he so low on Dalvin Cook? Yeah, he thought you didn't like Dalvin Cook. He thought Cook I just didn't week. rank him. And that's – listen, George is not a jerk. This was a fine email. I was not trying to be mean to George. No, no, no. I totally I, understand. I thank you, George. I liked it. It was a good good comedy. Actually, uh, this has been <laughs> long overdue. Let's take a, a second here, 30 seconds, to talk about Philadelphia and how amazing it was to meet our listeners. And – I talked to some of our listeners throughout the night and I asked them what they liked about the show. And I think, you know, they really, they know that other shows out there have a lot of shtick and they're not looking for that from us. Uh, they like our comedy. They like our personalities, but they don't want us to be goofy. They want us to help them win, you know, and, and we always make that our first priority. If we're funny, great. We're funny. We had fun. We're having fun today. We're laughing, whatever. Team Name Tuesday, you know, is terrible, but it's funny. Uh, that's not what we, we're here for. We're not here to be a comedy show. We're here to help you win. And I think that resonates with our listeners. And that's what I mostly care about as the producer of the show. That's what we care about. So thank you for that. Thank you for all the feedback. And thank you for being there. And my guys, my favorite part of the job, honestly, is when we get to meet listeners. It is so cool. And I, I just, I loved every second of it. It was, uh, it, it was, uh, I think, you know, I don't know, breathtaking is the word, but it was certainly, you know, just cool to see how many people came out, uh, the responses that we get. Uh, I wish I remembered everybody's name because they were just uh, amazing. Everybody you know, was named like, Matt. There were so many Matts there. Yeah, several <laughs> Matts. There was an Andrew. Um, the, and, and just talking to them, everybody has just, you know, a, a great story, but the, the group of guys that came, their fantasy league that have been together for 24 years, mm-hmm. um, Nine original members, Heath? Right? Yes. Nine, nine original members, and they travel every Labor Day weekend. God bless their wives and their families. <laughs> they travel every day, every Labor Day weekend to do a live draft in person. And if they miss, if you're not one of the original nine, you miss, you're out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the newest <laughs> member is five years. The second newest member, 15 years. If I got that correctly, if not, I apologize. Um, and the, uh, the original nine get one exemption to miss the draft live. And if they miss, they pick at the end of it. It's not not a snake draft. They pick twelve in every round. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And and one of the guys in that league was talking to two brothers. One of them is in our baseball podcast league, who are playing in their first fantasy leagues this year. So that was kind of cool. Anyway, wow. thank you guys all for being there, and I hope we get to do more of those. Because as a host, like that was a really fun show. The energy yeah, was so being cool in front of everybody. Yeah, really cool. Lots of interactivity. <sighs> We're going to do waiver wire in a second, a much shorter version of waiver wire than what we typically do on Tuesdays where we usually dedicate almost an entire show to the waiver wire. Um, team name Tuesday though. Here we go. Everybody hold on to your hats. Eifert in the breeze. I like it. That's pretty good actually. We got a lot of Eifert ones. Eifert in the breeze is pretty funny. Uh, peaches and Kareem or cookies and Kareem? How about cooks and Kareem? Ooh, I like that. Uh, this is from Max. He gave us like 12 songs. I picked a few, picked three. I like Big Lutz and I cannot lie. That bad. Wow, you sang. That's amazing. Cuckoo, Kachoo, Alan Robinson, and Zay You, Zay Me. (laughs) That's good, yeah. Um, Gin, Gin and Juice Check, Gin and Juice Check. 
It's like gin and juice, but get a yeah. juice chick. It's not bad. Yeah. Keenan and Kelsey? Like Keenan and Kel? I actually think that's pretty funny. Uh, Mixon Impossible? I'm, oh, this is a good one. This is actually came from someone from Philadelphia. I'm a manual! I'm Forte! Alright, that's pretty good. Hide and go Zeke. Uh, for Harry Potter fans, Professor, Professor Fumbledore. Okay. Okay. Oh, what was the one George Maselli had? He told us the other day. I don't know. I don't remember. And, uh, Mac and and Breeze. Mac and Breeze. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, and then I have one for the, for uh, our two quarterback league. I changed it to, uh, don't forget to bring a pal. You know, like Towley, don't forget to, don't forget to bring towel. So, uh, waiver wire. <laughs> I thought some of those were good, Adam. They yeah, were, they I don't were, know why you had to ruin it. Except for yours. Ruined. Right. Mine's great. Do you know the reference from South Park? Yes, yes, yes. Don't forget to bring a pal is hilarious. Uh, waiver wire. Alright, Jamie. Tyrod Taylor against the Jets. Joe Flacco at Cincinnati. Jay Cutler against Tampa Bay. Tyrod Taylor, if he plays, not looking great. Joe Flacco at Cincinnati. No, he practiced Monday. Oh, he did? Yeah. He still has to clear up the protocol, but that's the first step. Alright. Um, okay, I think I knew that. Uh, Flacco, right? I knew, I knew that. Taylor, Flacco, Cutler, <laughs> in that order. Uh, who would you start them over? I would start Taylor over Rivers. I would start him over Prescott. I would start him over Stafford. It's just a matchup. He didn't really have, uh, he only faced them one time last year. Sammy Watkins was not healthy at that time and he lit them up for 297 3 and 1. The Jets are going to stink. I like that a lot. One other one I would add is Sam Bradford against the Saints. Yeah, he's uh he's in the uh others to consider along with Jared Goff because Novante Davis, obviously they're going to I think feature Sammy Watkins a little bit in this game at mm-hmm. home. So, uh, Goff is not a bad if you're stuck type of option either. Um the only reason Flacco's on there is uh does not have a good track record against the Bengals, but no Vontez Perfect and no Pac-Man Jones. So, there's an opportunity here for him. Again, if you're stuck, don't have Andrew Luck, didn't get Carson Palmer, need somebody for this week because you drafted early and didn't know that Luck was going to miss the first you know, couple weeks or whatever, uh, don't be afraid of Flacco even though he's coming back from that back injury. Would you start Flacco over Dak and, and Rivers? It's it's dicey, but um, – I would not. There, I would there, never. There is uh, there's certainly a chance, again, given those guys that are missing. Okay. And uh running backs. All right, Jacquez Rogers is 66% owned. The Dolphins allowed 4.8 yards per carry, the third most rushing yards per game in the NFL last year. Uh, he's the cream of the crop here, Jacquez Rogers. Then you got Rex Burkhead, Wendell Smallwood, who who the faces the Redskins. They gave up 4.5 yards per carry last year. Matt Breida, DeAndre Washington, Chris Carson. Uh, uh, is Rogers the only one you guys feel really comfortable starting this week? Rogers. Yes. Burkhead, from Wendell Smallwood. Yeah, from yeah. this group he's the only one because he's got, we believe, to have the biggest workload. There wasn't really anybody that you could say, okay, I'm going to plug and play this guy for this. Maybe Burkhead, if you want to, you know, dart throw that he gets uh, a big workload, you know, in, in place of Gillisley or yeah. in place of, you know, somebody else there. But I think Smallwood's an okay dart throw. Smallwood is, is I would say he's the second one. Sharkandrick West is 22% owned, and we're waiting to see what the Patriots are going to do with their running backs. Is there a chance, you know, a good chance or a decent chance that the Chiefs surprise us and use West more than we thought, and and he becomes a, a week two waiver wire guy? Only if Hunt gets hurt. Yeah, that would surprise me. All righty. I, I would expect around seven touches for West. 
That might be a little too high. Uh, I think I, that doesn't. Five carries, two catches. I think it might be just a tad higher than that, but not enough to where. I don't know. It depends on if the Patriots just blow their doors off too. All right, listen. I know he's got sickle cell. I know he might miss some time this year. I don't know how John Brown is only 66% owned. Crazy. (laughs) Very underowned. And I just picked him up in a league a few days ago. Detroit's pass defense, it seemed to improve late in the year. They actually didn't give up a lot of yards to opposing wide receivers. Ninth fewest in the NFL. John Brown faces the Lions week one. But last four games, for what this is worth, I don't know if it's worth anything. Last four games of the season, including the playoffs, Detroit allowed a receiving touchdown to multiple wide receivers in all four games. So a lot of touchdowns. John Brown, 66% owned. Would you start John Brown over Keenan Allen? Not yet. No. I think I would. Allen doesn't worry me as much against that matchup because he's going to move around so much. I think he can he can get some action out of the slot. I'm much more worried about Tyrell. I have Allen ranked higher than Brown, but it's close. They're within six spots of each other. I like the matchup for Brown a ton. I, I I agree. I think there's just if if there's no deep ball connection here, it's not like he's going to be five for eighty in a touchdown, you know. Whereas Allen can still, I think, hit that number. Look, five for eighty in a touchdown. Yeah. I, I don't even care if you're starting John Brown this week. You don't have to pick him up to start him. Just pick him up for God's yes, sake. Yes, yes, that's a good call. Yeah. I still think you should be starting John Brown. Yeah, not sure. I'm going to start him. Uh, Ted Ginn is 66% owned. Actually, we didn't really talk about this. I, that's my bad. Uh, who benefits from Willie Sneed's suspension? Ted Ginn at Minnesota. Uh, Kobe Fleener not in the waiver wire section, is he, Jamie? Um, I don't know if I put him there. Uh, all right. I, it should, will you? Kobe Fleener? No. Okay. No. All right. So, Ginn, uh, is he a distant second to John Brown in this discussion? Ted Ginn? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So the other guys in the column. I, I saw I saw somebody tweet this after Snead got suspended. People are expecting Willie Snead to uh, Ted Ginn to morph into Antonio Brown. <laughs> He's still going to be the same guy. They're going to use Brandon Coleman. They're going to use Ted Ginn. They're going to use Kobe Fleener. They're going to certainly use their running backs out of the backfield. Uh, this is not a week to trust the, the Saints for the most part. Okay. In their matchup against Minnesota. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. Right. I, I don't, I, I don't think he's a distant second because I think there's some other good names on here that are, that are ahead of him in my opinion. Oh, okay. Uh, he might be third or fourth or fifth. Zay Jones, Robbie Anderson, Kevin White, Rashard Matthews. Uh, who do you like? I'd rather start Robbie Anderson over again for sure. And if Jordan Matthews isn't practicing today, I'd probably rather start Zay Jones over him. I agree. And why is Rashard Matthews on there? Because Jamie thinks he will be the best, you would think he'll be the best Titans receiver this week, right? This week, yes. Yeah. I mean, love the matchup. Uh, David Amerson, Amerson? Amerson. Amerson. Amerson, uh, dealing with a concussion. So that's, uh, their best cornerback. And so you can see a situation where Mar- Mario's our start of the week. So I expect him to come out and light up this defense. And I think Rashard Matthews with Davis, they say on the snap count, Decker, who knows how healthy he is, that could be uh, a good situation for good old Rashard. I like the matchup a little bit better for Decker than I do for Matthews. It just depends on how much he's practicing. Jamie, how could he be your start of the week when when uh, Derek Carr is going to outscore him in that same game? Derek Carr might outscore him. <laughs> I doubt it, but he might. Nah, nah they're both they're both uh, good starts this week. That should be. Yep. Ooh, I forgot about the B word. All right, I got to warm it up. Oh, you are you are not allowed to do that game. <laughs> I'm allowed to do any game I damn no, well. No, you're please. not. We made this decision last year. You cannot do start of the week. I don't remember making that decision. Oh, it's been a rule for at least a year. Did I, I do I adhere to it? Do I adhere to it? Not bonanza the start of the week? 
do I adhere to that rule, or is this something you you would prefer? You actually All right, so said here, that... here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. You owe me a a a, a bet, paying off a bet. I do. Right? Yeah. Uh huh. Okay, so this is how you're going to pay off the bet. You are not allowed to bonanza the start of the week all season. Okay, and, and for those of you who are new, I pick one bonanza every week that I expect to be awesome for fantasy. And if I pick 17 of them, I would guess five are right. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? Eight, I think that eight, changes eight, this year. Eight. eight. I, I think, think this is the year, this year. year. All right. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to say he has as many bonanzas correct as the Jets have wins. <laughs> this year? This year. Wow. Man, you're taking away Tennessee Oakland from me. That sucks. All right. Um, uh, by the way, the uh NFL network is reporting that if there's no decision on Elliott by four o'clock, he's playing week one. Great. Uh and others to consider, Taylor Gabriel, so deeper leagues, Danny Amendola, Kenny Galladay, Devin Funches, Mike Williams. And maybe a lot of these guys are just players to add rather than players to start this week. But uh Taylor Gabriel is actually fifty nine percent owned. Danny Amendola Kenny Galladay, Dave Loves, Devin Funches, Mike Williams. Uh, Cameron Brait is a tight end you could pick up if you need one, and uh, some of you might. I mean, Jack Doyle owner is probably going to need a tight end. Cameron Brait. I like Brait this week. He's top ten guy for me. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You just don't like the Dolphins defense. Uh, neither does the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Charles Clay against the Jets. Evan I like Ingram Charles Clay a lot this week. He's a top twelve for me. Me too. Dave, do you like uh, Brait and Clay? I think he's okay. All right. Uh, Hooray. Austin Hooper, you could look at. Vance McDonald at Cleveland. Is it too soon to expect him to have a big role in the Steelers offense? Yeah, but again, if you're stuck. Yeah. Most people are going to be starting who they drafted in week one. I, I understand Lo- that. Love the Zach Miller name on that list, too. I, good matchup against Atlanta. Ton of targets to go around. I'm not sure they really wanted him on the team in, like, July. Right, but the way things have gone, he may be their number one receiver. <laughs> Do you worry at all about um, Adam Shaheen? I don't think so. This early, that they'll have him in on a handful of plays. So they got they got Deion Sims too, right? Yeah, they've got a they've got a lot of really uh, they've they've got a lot of people who play tight end. And if you just need some names in deep leagues that you want to take a shot on, not this week. But could have good seasons. Who knows? Austin Safarian Jenkins, Tyler Higby, George Kittle. Yep. Alrighty. Uh, so that's Safarian Jenkins, Higby, and Kittle. DSTs, we talked about this, but the Rams have the Colts, then the Redskins, then the 49ers. So the Rams are 36% owned. That's too low. Uh, the, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I think the tough part is like, It'll do go you, up as the week goes Do on. you drop the Seahawks? Do you drop the Vikings? Uh, do you drop the nope. Chiefs? Yep. Wait, what were, your, what were your answers there? No, no, and yes. You dropped the Chiefs. You know the Chiefs already? I gave up on the they Chiefs. They were your number one defense. Like, all they were. Season. They all were season. for most of it. But you're, you're just punting. They have uh, no chance? It's punt city, A, because of the early season schedule, B, because Tom Bahali's on the pup list. And Tyreek Hill's and not Steven returning Nelson got hurt. all the kicks. Season. Right, and they lost their cornerback. Um, Bills against the Jets. Falcons at the Bears. And they unfortunately have Green Bay in week two, but they should be a much improved DST. <clears throat> and the Bucks, the Bucks at Miami is interesting. I mean, Cutler is such a turnover machine. The Bucks just added TJ Ward. I don't know what kind of impact he'll be able to have in week one. Uh, they look like an improving team and they have a nice schedule with the Buccaneers start at Miami, then Chicago, then at Minnesota and they're 48% owned. That's an yeah, interesting no, one. I agree. Yeah. 
All right, cool. And they closed the season really, really well last year. Yeah, they I, they look uh, they look like a playoff team. NFC is going to be pretty tough this year. I'm excited. I can't. <laughs> let's get started already here. Uh, let's go to the emails. Fantasy football at cbsi.com. Randy from Wisconsin. Is it a 10-team half-point PPR league? Middle of a crisis. I recently drafted and I experienced computer problems halfway through the draft. I had to switch to my cell phone. I ended up with both Terrell Pryor and Jamison Crowder. Should I be looking to move one of them? Or are there enough touches to go around in Washington to make Jamison Crowder a decent number three? There's enough touches. They're I fine. agree. Between the two of them, one should be good each week. You're okay. All right. There'll be some weeks where they're both good, too. This week. This week could be one of those weeks, for sure. And let's go to uh Sean in Canton. Canton, Michigan. I don't know that was a place. Good morning, Jason, Freddie, Michael, and Leatherface. And then he gave us a PS that told us they were horror movie killers. Thank you for clarifying. Um, As opposed to that other Leatherface. Yeah. I would like to say thank you for your contribution to fantasy football. I love the show. Uh, I would like your help in making a flex decision in a tw- in a half point PPR league. Who you starting, guys? John Brown, Terrence West, Zach Ertz, Paul Perkins. Danny Amendola or Charles Sims? Probably down to John Brown, Terrence West, or Zach Ertz. And it's standard? Half PPR. I think I'm going Ertz. Yep. Really? That Ertz so good. That was my initial thought. Uh, I'm going John Brown. Uh, let me just, Terrence West, like, without perfect, that run defense has been really bad. Oh, I'm sorry. West was in there? I'll yeah. take West. Yeah, I do have West ahead of John Brown. Yeah, Let's do that. I like Terrence West a lot this week. He was almost my start of the week, but Great Terrence West, so it was hard to, t- to to trust him. But yeah, without without Burfecht in there, uh, their defense is not good. Yeah, the, the good part of this situation is you've got three really good flex options. The bad part is you're probably going to choose wrong. <laughs> right? Who's the tight end? Ertz. <laughs> Zach Ertz. No, but who's the tight end that he's playing? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because I I've got West at the top 25 running back. I think. You could maybe just be starting. Oh, Wes is top 15 for me. Yeah. I think he's going to go off. And Ertz is the top five tight end. Yeah. <laughs> and John Brown's the top 25 John, John receiver. Brown, John Brown should be very good this week, but he's a distant third. Uh, I need to, I need to, um, Jamie alerted me to something. He didn't put Kobe Fleener in the waiver wire because Fleener's too owned, which shocks yeah. me. 67% owned. I had no idea that Kobe Fleener was 67% owned. Uh, but like the reason I have John Brown and, and Jacquez Rogers in there is like, what the hell are you people doing? Right. We'll get him. Right. Fleener uh, should be about 70% on. Sean in Canton, Michigan, by the way, his starting tight end is Jimmy Graham. So he has Graham. That's pretty good. Ertz. Yeah. You should win this week. Unless I like Ertz better. Maybe in an eight-team league, though. Here's a question from Chris. Is it worth picking up Carson Palmer to start over Matthew Stafford for the first few weeks? I would have to drop either Rex Burkhead or Cooper Cup, and he has Gillisley. So, yeah, I, I mean, Palmer's got much better matchups than Stafford the first two weeks. Would you drop Burkhead or Cooper Cup to make that move with being the Gillisley owner? Why don't you just drop Stafford? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just make the quarterback switch. Ooh, ooh, okay, okay. Uh, this is from Dessert, from places where you don't have to wait 45 minutes in, <laughs> online, in line, in line. <clears throat> uh, let's uh, see. Do I have to name a city or are we just going to go with? No, that's fine. Okay. My friends and I have started a standard dynasty league this year. I have Kareem Hunt, McCoy, Crowell, CJ Anderson, Derek Henry, Marlon Mack, Chris Carson. A lot of running backs. I only have Jack Doyle and David Njoku at tight end. Should I trade a running back for a tight end? Well, the running backs that you'll trade 
are either really good veterans like McCoy and Anderson or young players that have worlds of potential. And I don't know if I feel good about trading one of those young running backs for a tight end that's going to help you win now. I might see if I could turn McCoy into Gronk or Kelsey. Mm -hmm. I would try and do it with like C.J. Anderson and Jordan Reed. For Kelsey, something like that. I don't know if you got Kelsey, but but CJ Anderson for like Reed or Graham, is that fair? Or Ertz? I, yeah, I think I it's yeah. probably okay. Yeah, it makes your team better. Yeah, I don't know about Ertz, but yeah. Um, finally, this where's the question here? I can't find it. Finally, we're done. Question. Um, it's a starter. Should I start Jonathan Stewart over Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, or Devontae Parker? Yes. Yes. No, don't do it. No, PPR. their run defense is dramatically yeah. different when Navarro Bowman is there. You know that, Adam. And they've oh, added well, so much true. nice talent there. That's that's going to be one of the surprising. First of all, I think the 49ers win that game. I don't really like Tyreek Hill. They're yeah. going to win this week. No. no. And and I think John Stewart has a bad. I'm going to be really curious to see how what the new defense looks like. That's the like I'm not certain they're good. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I don't know. I, we gotta no, talk about- But they're on defense. It's night and day. It is, it is. We night gotta talk about, uh, Tyreek Hill. This is a 40, huh? the 49ers are opening at home on Monday night again, right? No. Oh, they're not? Nope. I'm sorry, that's a Sunday game. That's a Sunday game. I'm that's a Sunday that. afternoon extravaganza. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. Alright, we're done for the day. Back tomorrow. We gotta talk about Tyreek Hill. Very interesting player this week. We'll, we'll preview the uh, Thursday night game tomorrow and do much more. See ya. Bye. It's all-